0: Hey, what's going on? You reached the voicemail, of Taryn. Unfortunately, I can't make it to the phone right now. I'm about to record the second episode of The Miseducation of the People. And today's episode is about ego. And somebody that has a big ego is Kanye West. And we're going to get into all his Tom Coonery. Also, we'll be touching on the entanglement of all entanglements. Jada and August Alsina. And who has the bigger ego? or Men or women? and also who has the more fragile ego. And today, we had the honor of sitting down with the Brown and Black Girls Read 2 Book Club founder and PR to the stars, Amanda Haynes. So stay tuned, leave a voicemail, and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Thank you. Beats by Pete Samples. Miseducation. what's going on welcome to another episode of the miseducation of the people so before we get into the bulk of today's episode i got to talk about y'all man kanye so um as a member of the disability community yes um having a mental health condition that is a disability um i do have to speak on this kanye thing um similar to you know how white people can't really speak on black topics people who haven't experienced any mental health conditions can't really understand what's going on. You can be as empathetic as you want to, but at the end of the day, if you have not gone through it, then you truly do not understand everything that goes on and necessarily I am not a mental health professional. Um, and I do not know the extent to what Kanye's condition is. However, that is not an excuse for his behavior. So he has acknowledged his bipolar condition on several occasions, yet he is actively choosing not to take appropriate action to get help. Now, that's the main important thing when you're talking about mental health. Um, necessarily, people have to be ready to receive help in order to begin the healing process. And you can't have professional help step in unless an individual has threatened themselves or others harm. So meaning like, you know, if they have intent to cause harm to others, then that is when you're able to, uh, I forgot what it's called, but pretty much, uh, the police are able to take you into a psychiatric hospital for observation when that occurs. So he has not gotten to that point yet. However, he is Kanye West. This man has an abundance of resources at his disposal, but he is not taking that option. Uh, And just to let you know, medication is not the only option. There's other uh, routes, holistic things, different um, spiritual spirituality things. But again, I'm not a mental health professional and there's different ways that you can treat it, but he is not taking any action at all. And a mental health condition is not a hall pass for improperly using your platform or treating people like shit. This is for other people, you know, who are going through stuff in the world right now. Um, every single action has a consequence, so you must deal with it. Um, you may be going through a depressive episode or anxiety, whatever. Yes, it sucks. Um, the world still goes on though. That's one thing that I realized and I'm not saying that from a mean point of view, but You are still responsible for your actions, even though, you know, our brain is causing us to do all types of fuck shit. So just in case you are not familiar with what happened um, this past week, Kanye has had a rally, uh, and here's a little uh, snippet of the audio. When Harriet Tubman, well, Harriet Tubman never actually freed the slaves. She just had the slaves go work for other white people. so of course um i don't want to be a clickbait person or just uh taking out sections you know just to build an argument uh please go ahead and look at the whole uh, video yourself however this is my take on the video so um he's been saying a lot of outlandish shit for years um well more so recent years but the harriet tubman thing and the old the whole slavery thing like it's it's dangerous it's eerily similar no it's not it's not eerily it's pretty much the same exact thing that trump is doing he's using false information to build an argument to get people on his side to think oh he's a free thinker no giving out false information does not make you a free thinker and yes i do get what he was saying about harriet tubman freeing slaves and him saying oh she returned them to white people yes, that's capitalism. They, they control everything. But at the same time she was doing the work that was necessary. Um, so Kanye is really choosing points and I don't think he's really thoroughly thinking about it. And that is extremely dangerous because people do not read, they do not do their research on their own and they take everything that he is saying as the truth, similar to how people who support Trump are taking every single thing that he's saying as the truth. Um, And just to clarify a point to another episode, if I ever say uneducated, it does not mean it is a negative, uh, slur derogatory term, whatever. I'm not trying to put you down. It's more so just knowing that you do not know what you know and, or you may just be lazy and be going by hearsay. And for me, you know, I am uneducated about NASCAR. I do not know anything about it. It's nothing against me. I just do not know anything about NASCAR. So want to say uneducated that's what i mean in that context also within that audio um well not in the audio but in the rally uh go back and watch it yourself but there was two situations where audience members interacted and one was a young white girl and she corrected him about the harriet tubman stuff gave him a hug all that good stuff kumbaya then a black woman questioned him uh i i believe it was a stance about gun violence. I'm not quite sure. Uh, please correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I haven't looked at the video, but he went off on her and then he said, Oh, you're not even showing your face because she has a mask on and she's following social distancing regulations. Do you that person? And your face is <laughs> covered. So we don't even know who you are. Mind you, I didn't see any other masks. Um, and you know what that room looked like, uh, very, uh, alabaster. I have to say it that way, but, um, yeah, man, he, he, he's on some other stuff and I, the stuff that he's doing with this political campaign BS, um, I don't like Biden. I don't like Trump, but Kanye joining the race is, I'm not going to lie. I, I give credit where it's due. It's a brilliant strategy to split the democratic vote. Um, I don't subscribe to the two-party system. Um, Our government is trash. They do a lot of bullshit. However, Biden is way better than Trump. And we have to do what's right to get America back on track. And the fact that, you know, um, it's, it's it's a little fishy. It seems like it's a devised plan by Trump and Kanye. And when you look at the fact that Kanye's company was rewarded a uh, grant from the federal relief program that was supposed to be for small businesses in between the amount of two to $5 million. Yeah, something's not right there with him joining the race. Hmm. Trump's other wealthy uh, business buddies received the same funding. So, you know, just, just a little weird, a little weird. And just the way he's going about everything, he had a Twitter outburst with just him going at his wife um, and talking about, oh, I'm just going to focus on the music. That's another red flag for me. All of this stuff is coming out at a time where he's advertising a album. So he he had this little breakdown or whatever you want to call it. Um, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. I, I really want to think that he is going through something. But however, no excuses. I don't care about that. But It's coming off a little Kardashian-ish, you know, um, the fact of using everything to market, you know, all PR, all conversations are is good conversations for Kanye. You know, um, we already know that controversy sells and in the midst of him going through this quote unquote, uh, mental health breakdown, he dropped the fact that he's dropping his album on Friday. So I'm like, Mm Hmm. You know, I get the computers shooting at a above-average level, but uh, something ain't right in this dancery, and this is not me bringing any iteration or holleration into the equation. Uh, Kind of seeing some uh, record-breaking levels of Tom Coonery. Yeah, seems the like it. Here. And as the beige god would say, clown-man-tings, clown man, tings, clown man tings. Uh, Yeah, so, um, yeah, I really want to give him the benefit of the doubt, but it seems like he's using this as a marketing tool, from my opinion. Um, like some of these celebrities have been doing in recent years when it comes to mental health awareness. Um, Y'all know who I'm talking about. I ain't going to say no names, but yeah, cats out here. um, Using this mental health stuff to to sell things. And also the fact that, you know, I'm seeing the conversation of using his mental health condition as a reason to excuse his actions going again, going back to my earlier point. Right. But um, when we look at these white terrorists, Dylan roof, he was labeled as having a mental illness as a cop-out. So these are the same tactics that they're using for these white supremacists. And, you know, um, I look at it the same way. I think that he may be using it as a marketing tactic, but you know, um, I will always send, you know, prayers to anyone that's going through something when it comes to mental health conditions. Cause I do not wish that on my worst enemy. So prayers and good vibes and positivity towards his way. But it seems like it's nasty, nasty, nasty behavior. And it's damaging to the mental health community, especially those who cannot afford the luxury of abundance of resources that Kanye has. Um, Yeah, very, very poor taste. And I hope that he gets his shit together ASAP. So we're about to get into today's topic. It goes along quite well, actually, with the whole whole Kanye thing. Um, So today's topic, we're going to be talking about ego. And I had a chance to really break it down and speak with... The phenomenal woman Amanda Haynes PR expert she out here doing her thing and also the founder of the brown and black girls read to book club uh, so you know um, this is definitely a good episode for the small businesses uh, the creatives the entrepreneurs to really learn how to utilize PR to take themselves to the next level and you know let's get into it What's going on, Amanda? How you doing? Thank you for coming on to the Miseducation of the People.
1: I'm doing really, really well. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: My goal was this to, was to make it a non-traditional tool to educate people about different things and especially like what you do with your individual field, which you'll talk about later on, you know. I think that people can benefit from it greatly. So, real quick, let us know who Amanda is and exactly everything that you do.
1: I am a thirty-something Euro <laughs> um, woman, um, right? Right. I'm a publicist. I've been a publicist for the past ten years. I've been fortunate enough to start in the music industry and work with some of our favorite artists, and then I transitioned over to working with brands but still working within the entertainment field. So I've done fashion, beauty, lifestyle, but more currently I work in the sector of nightlife, sports, cannabis, and spirits. So all the fun stuff, stuff. but I connect the dots with entertainment and brands. So, you know, on the PR side, strategy side, also working with some of you know our biggest ceos of a lot of these companies making sure that they're media trained making sure that their brands are on point all the time as well as putting together some of our most favorite events so when you know you see Mm. super bowl parties and NBA all-star parties and all of these sort of tentpole events coachella whatever i am one of the many faces behind it
0: all right so other words you're saying she's kind of like a big deal out here
1: well you know what i you know i just do what i enjoy I, i'm blessed enough to to have worked hard um but but actually enjoy getting up every day and doing what i do even through obviously you can imagine it's a very fast paced, yeah. sometimes super stressful sleep sometimes is not even a known word you know so i try to make sure i self-care other places but but i again i i really enjoy what i do so I, i'm blessed
0: yeah that's that's definitely important and then my fault. i mean to cut you out before What were we saying before
1: no, it's okay. And then I also run a book club called Brown and Black Girls Read Too, which is a nice little escape. I get to sit down and discuss literature with some of my close friends and some new friends and just have some girl talk once a week.
0: Oh, all right, all right. You, you brought up the book club, got me over here thinking about J. Cole and no name and all that. <laughs> but, you know, we're we not on that right now. <laughs> not so how did the, the, the book club come around anyway?
1: You know what? It was something I, I had actually been sitting on for a few years. And I just never really had the time. I had never been part of a book club before, so I didn't really know what it entailed. So I just kind of always mm-hmm. brushed it off as, oh, I'm too busy for this or I don't have the time. And, you know, growing up, I've always loved to read. But as you get older, you can imagine, you know, it, you don't have or you feel as if you don't necessarily have the time. But long story short, when we got stuck in this pandemic, I was like, OK, I got a little bit more time on my hands," And I was looking at all these books that I had ordered over the years, or all of these books that were sitting in my Amazon card or wherever. And I was like, you know what, I want to read. So I actually reached out to two of my friends, Tiffany and Nicole, and I was like, we should read a book. And they were like, I'm game. And then randomly, we all wanted to read the same book. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to open it up mm. to some of our other friends. And everybody was sort of just game. And we had it you know I again I did not know what to expect I had never been part of a book club I had never run a book club and I kind of just dived in and it was exactly what we all needed I think our first meeting might have been our Mm. discussion may have been June 1st if I'm not mistaken and I thought it was something that was going to be like 45 minutes and it ended up being like two hours it was perfect Insecure was still on Mm. so we like a lot of us even stayed on after and had like You know, watched Insecure together on Zoom. So that was sort of, it it was just perfect timing. And although, you know, I don't, I'm trying to do better with not sitting on projects and actually just going ahead and doing them. But I feel like this book club happened at the perfect time when a lot of us need an escape and need to love on each other and, 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 and hug on each other. And it was just a really great time to know, like, okay, every Sunday at eight, at least for an hour, I get to talk to some of my closest friends or some other like, Minded women and discuss, you know, a lot of things that we maybe wanted to discuss all week. You know, the book that we're reading right now, Black Girls Must Die Exhausted by Jane Allen, is a very heavy book, but it touches on Mm. so many topics that a lot of us are dealing with in our 20s and our 30s. So it's nice to kind of just have that outlet and, you know, come in and be unapologetic, a non judgment zone, and just like, you know, have girl talk.
0: Yeah. Now, I think that's definitely crucial that you built that community. And kudos to you because. A lot of times people have ideas and they talk about them, but they don't actually execute it. And with you, you said you had never had any prior experience of a book club, you know, and that's good that, you know, you made your own standard of what it's supposed to be like. So definitely salute to y'all. So what's some of the other books you are read for?
1: Well, this is our first one. So we just started. Uh, we took the last few weeks off because we had some birthdays and Father's Day. And, you know, last weekend, although we don't celebrate that holiday, you know, people were away. So yeah. we are resuming this Sunday, which I'm super excited about. So we're wrapping up Black Girls Must Die Exhausted. But they do have a part two. So that's going to be our next read. So we should be done that, you know, uh, by August, you know, with the summer and people traveling and stuff like that although we're not traveling as much, but you know, people are still trying to do road trips or spend more family time. It, we're no, we don't really do traditionally like a book club and it's like a book a month. We sort of take our time. I may rev it up a little bit come the fall when I actually yeah. um, allow new members to come in. But for now, we're sort of taking our time. So it took us, you know, about two months to finish this book. And then we're going to go into the next book mm. uh, in, two, in two weeks.
0: OK, that's dope. Definitely. So with this, are you looking to transform it into something bigger or well, like what's your, what's your goal with the book club? Cause I know you mentioned having new members coming in.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I feel like it, it it's a safe space for women to just like have fun. You no, know, I definitely can't wait for this pandemic to be over so we can, you know, have more of these in Facts. person. Um, I do think I'm going to be at it is a small group of us now. I think it's 14 of us, including myself total, you know, looking to maybe have some of these, have a discussion in person next month. I want to launch a website around it just you know, people can do book reviews or sort of come and see what books they should, you know, book recommendations. I would like for this to become, you know, grow its wings and kind of just see where it goes, whether it's something that turns into a panel of Black women writers and publishers or, you know, some sort Mm. of day event. You know, I'm not 100% sure. I've sort of thought about the different legs that it can take. For now, I'm just focused on sort of getting the website off the ground, designing the merch line that I'm looking to have come out by the end of summer. Um, I'm going to kind of just focus on oh, aye, you know aye, wine glasses aye. and mugs and bookmarks and that sort of stuff. I definitely want it to just grow organically where it's supposed to be. And Good. I really just want to follow where, you know, where it goes. But I do have big plans. And I I anticipate this being something bigger where a lot of people can come and have a safe space, kind of just talk about whatever, you know, I I would love to even eventually bring men in or have some sort of separate thing. But yeah, I'm not there yet. But I am I, I, I think I'll be there soon.
0: Got you. So it's good that you picked up something new during the pandemic, because it's really forcing people to try new things out. And one of the things that's been in existence for years are books. I mean, and you know, people don't like to read at all. Like they look at the tweets, they look at the headlines and they assume they know everything from that. That's that's the most that people read nowadays. Right. So what was the process in getting back into reading? Because I know for me, like I honestly didn't read outside of academics for years, but recently, like I found, you know, The particular books that I like are biographies. So I like hearing about people's lessons, their struggles, how they got to the top, how they got through the toughest moments in their lives and whatnot. So that's kind of like what attracted me to books because I was going through something personally. So I needed that inspiration, that motivation and all that stuff. But, like, how did you get back into books and all that stuff? Because I, I know, like, we both went to college. We went same college, Willie P. What up? What up?
1: Hey. But um,
0: a lot of us weren't reading past but we had to read for class and all that stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? So... What exactly, like, what was your approach to getting back into reading?
1: You know, it was multiple things. One, you know, obviously being a publicist, I write and read so much. I have to know what's going on in the media and I have to know what's going on on social media and Mm. all of these things. So I'm reading on average every morning I wake up, I read the New York Post, I read the New York Times, I read the LA Times, I read, you know, Refinery29, I read all of these outlets. One, whether it's something because I need to make sure I know who these writers are so that I can pitch my clients or it's because i just actually like the outlet so i read a lot but yeah. what i realized and what i was missing and i think this pandemic showed me was like you know i like to think that i'm an introverted extrovert right like i have no problem being home i have no problem asking who all gonna be there <laughs> you know i have no problem skipping out on a night on the town <laughs> But i also when i'm out and i'm obviously around you guys or around people that i know and trust i can be the life of the party i like to have fun she throws
0: some popping parties she throws some popping parties definitely you know
1: i like to host i like to have my kickback right i like i like to be around who i like to be around you know but with this pandemic i realized that um After a while, it was sort of messing with my mental a little bit, you know, obviously the news was super sad and all sorts of things. And I like to think that I'm a pretty like strong person, but I was like, oh, I need a little bit of an escape. And, you know, traditionally, if we weren't in this pandemic, this is festival season. So I would be traveling. I would be on a plane every few weeks, whatever. So that was my escape and I was like, okay, what can I do since I can't really travel that can be an escape for me? And I remembered as a kid, I just remember getting lost in words. So I'm not really like an audiobook girl girl. I like a physical hard copy. I like mm. it in my hands. Like I like to just like transform my entire mood and my entire being. So I remember that's how book what books made me feel. I was like, you know what? Let me kind of just like pick up and this is even before I decided to fully go with the book club I, I had some other books lying mm. around and mo- some of them were a little bit more career based or like you know self help books and stuff like that and mm. then I was like I picked up mm. another book well read black girl and, and I had been picking up and putting down that book for some time and I was like mm. let me just finish it and I got lost in the words again and then I started re- reading poetry again and I got lost in the words and I was like I felt good and you know I suffer from insomnia so there are nights that like I I can there are days that I can just not mm-hmm. sleep, and I was like, okay, let me get lost in these words. So I've realized, like, whether I was, it was me journaling or reading at night, it was helping with me sleep. It was like I I didn't care about what happened during my day, whether good or bad. I just was fully, you know, into this book. I became mm. the characters, I became you know, whatever it was. And I let my mind go and I felt like it was therapy for me. So that was sort of my biggest thing. And when I felt that and I felt how good it made me feel, I was like, oh, before I knew it, you know, it was like a week later and I was finishing books within a week. It was, you know, that was my whole Mm. thing. It was like, it made me feel good. I'm able to escape for a little bit and it was a positive outcome. And I felt like I needed to keep that going.
0: Yeah. And that's one of the things that you really spoke about was the impact that quarantine has had on you during COVID. So I'm I'm a mental health advocate for those who don't know. And definitely a lot of people are experiencing the same thing. However, they're turning to like negative vices such as liquor, drugs, overeating, increased screen time, whether it's the phone, the computer, TV and all that stuff. And people don't realize that, you know, those, it it makes you feel good in the moment. However, long-term it doesn't fix what's going on inside of your head so i got back into reading more too during the pandemic one of the books i picked up was 50 cents book i thought what was it hustle hard hustle smarter, something like that but I great, that. yeah it was good like it has great business tactics and it's not one of those things like it's a it's kind of autobiography ish but it has a lot of good business tactics that can be applied to any areas of your life but also i had picked up the spook by the door and that's like the one Where I I know I'm late, you know, people be talking about that. But with this book, it's like you were talking about how it takes you to a whole different world. And it really did that for me because I believe in divine timing and everything. And with me reading this book, it's exactly what is going on in this world right now with black people. And it's amazing to see how, you know, stuff hasn't changed since the 80s. And these other books like such as I think it's called The Miseducation of the Negro, actually, you know, (laughs) Inspired, you know, the podcast and all that stuff, but that was back in the 1940s. And the same exact themes are going on, you know, and reading provides a level of history that you're not going to get in the schools or online unless, you know, have somebody thorough putting something outside on on, online and all that stuff. But, you know, I, I think that people really need to get back to the power of reading because it's not only an escape, but also it can teach you crucial things that can help you grow and develop in a personal, in a professional manner and all that stuff. And especially like when it comes to PR, you know, how you mentioned that being aware of what's going on in the world. So can you speak more about PR? Because oftentimes, well, you said you're a publicist. Is publicist and PR the same thing or not? Yeah,
1: so pub- PR is public relations. So one of my biggest pet peeves is when people hit me up and they're like, oh, I'm looking for a PR. I'm like, PR is what I do. Okay. <laughs> I'm a publicist. So oh, I got you. So yeah, <laughs> so, PR is the I want to speak in Huh?
0: I said I didn't want to speak incorrectly. Yeah.
1: No, it's totally fine. You you know what? PR is one of those fields where unless you are in it or unless you really are like somewhat close to it, it's hard to explain and it's hard to grasp what what someone does. I've been doing this for 10 plus years and my parents still don't get it. They just know that I give them free stuff. If they want to go to a concert I could probably get them tickets and I travel. Like they have, they don't really get it. But I'm like every time you look at an interview on GMA, every time you pick up A magazine and you see a product in it every time you know you see albums come out there's a publicist behind it you know there's so many different parts there's the brand management Mm. part where i'm making sure that you look good in the media there's the crisis communications part where you know, and a lot of times this happens more so with, well, it can, I mean, it happens with brands too, but like easier to explain with celebrities when they do stupid shit and you gotta like go and you see that their rep has mm. said, like, oh no, you know, whatever, they go and do this whole apology tour, or whatever, you know, that it, there's events, you know, putting together events, whether it's a, you know, a, a book signing or, a product launch and, you know, all of these sorts of things. So there's so many facets of what a publicist does. My job, by all means, is never the same every day, which is one of the reasons I really love it. Mm. But, you know, for me, more so working with the brands that I work with, I do a lot of brand launches. So new brands that are coming that are, have, you know, have never been on this face of the earth again, you know, making sure that their their brand is appropriate and their brand messaging so that, you know, it, it speaks to the audience that they wanted to speak to media knows about it the consumer knows about it down to packaging colors like I had to learn what colors mean like okay if mm. you want to attract this certain demo you need to use yellow if you want to you know all of those sorts of things it, it's deeper than that and then yeah. you know once the product is launched making sure that it's included in magazines or people want to write about it it's, it's basically bringing awareness to whatever it is that you're working on whether it's a, a brand a, an album uh, a person so there's there's just so many facets to it that the breakdown honestly would take a long time, and then it depends what what sort of you know sector you work in. Again, I've done fashion, I've done beauty, I've done you know just music, and now now right now I'm more so into product of you know alcohol and cannabis and sports and that sort of entertainment facing thing. So it, it's 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 a wide range of things that you can do as a
0: publicist. Got you. That was a lot, but thank you for breaking that down because that's more than I knew. So, I mean, I'm sure that's probably the same thing for other people too. How, like, say for instance, like you have small brands that are up and coming now. When do you think it's, appropriate for them to acquire a publicist and how do they approach that i mentioned earlier you know i want this to be a non-traditional educational tool and this is something that you know a lot of people especially right now because it's a big thing on black ownership owning your product owning your own business all that stuff so trying to help the people out here trying to do their thing how can they acquire a publicist and when is the right time for them to go ahead and do that
1: i will say you know that's a tough question and i get that question a lot So randomly enough, I'll tell this story. There had been a brand that I had been watching for some time now. I thought that you know what they were doing were, was really really well. It was an organic company, black owned, a young black guy from Los Angeles, and his products. I had tried them and I thought they were really great. I knew he was a small business, but I actually tapped him and was like, "Hey, you know, by any chance, are you looking for a publicist?" And you know, he was like, "I just, you know, right now I don't have the mm-hmm. funds, you know, the budget to do that, but I'll keep you in mind when when it comes." And then this week I. Got a call from him that was like, okay, you know, let's talk because now is a space that now it's a time where people are paying extra attention. Well, you know, I can't even say extra attention. People are paying attention to Black owned businesses. So now it's a time for him to sort of take advantage of the space because the conversation is happening, it's fresh. You know, media changes every day tomorrow. It can go back to whatever, them not caring. you know. So we're having a conversation yeah. when I go to Los Angeles next week. But I tell people you have to have a business plan or sort of a game plan and, uh, and understand what it is that you want to do. And then there is a budget. And then I tell people to sort of mm. try to educate yourself on what a publicist does because I get a lot of requests, especially when it comes to music-based people and the things that they ask me are things that a manager would do or an agent would do. There's a difference. Gotcha. A manager is somebody that's going to go out there and book gigs for you. An agent or, you know, an agent is going to go out there and book gigs for you. The manager is going to, you know, make sure the business part is correct and the finances and all of that type of stuff. And me as a publicist, after you book these things, I'm going to be the person that goes and make sure the media is there or making sure the right people are in the room. So, you know, we all play a part that's actually really close and, you know, with with connections that we all have in this industry, there are times that I may do something that is, you know, what a manager may traditionally do or what an agent would traditionally do. But I get a lot of those requests and I get a lot of those, oh, well, you know, because a manager may work on or an agent may work on just commission-based. A publicist typically works on a retainer base, which means that you are paying me for whatever loan that contract, you are paying me on a monthly basis. And then, you know, publicity is tricky. So what I tell people is, Try, just do your at least the bare research about a publicist because i get people a lot who are like who's like oh well can you guarantee me this as a publicist i can't guarantee you anything right it's a very much mm-hmm. team effort you have to give me something for me to be able to work with something i'm not i don't do advertisement so i'm not paying for you to be on a billboard that's something that's guaranteed because i'm physically paying for something to happen as a publicist it is based off of my relationships based off of the product based off of if it's even in a necessity for now you know PR is being persuasive I'm persuading people on a daily basis Mm. to try your product to want to care about your product to listen to your songs to want to care about who you are as an artist my job is to Tell the story and create the story as to why you are different from everybody else out there so that people can care about it. So I think my biggest thing is just tell people to research. But once you, I feel like once you get to a point where you have an understanding of your brand for the most part, Mm -hmm. and you actually physically, you know, have the brand or whatever, and then once you have the budget, you can consult. But it's a a very tricky question because, again, I've worked with people who have no brand but they have the idea and we worked from the beginning to the to actually to launch it you know you kind of it, it just it's special to to who you are in your brand i you know everybody uh, i see publicists that's like no don't come to me until xxx i just feel like everyone has a different story i never treat any of my clients the same way but if people have questions i say like you know do your research and figure out who are the publicists in your field because not every publicist does everything like if you come to me and say oh i want to do healthcare pr i'm gonna be like i I'm, I'm not the girl for you and i don't care how big the check is yeah. i'm not her for you you know like try to understand who are the movers and shakers in your field and you don't need to always go to those big huge corporations where you got to pay you know fifty thousand a month you know there are smaller businesses freelance publicists you know have a smaller budget but have just much as much of an impact so yeah do your do your research but also don't be afraid to reach out you know publicists. we do have like what we like to consider um, consultation fees where you know we'll sit down with you for 30 minutes or an hour you know sometimes it comes with a price sometimes it doesn't but just kind of do your research Mm. and really understand what it is that a publicist does
0: got you got you now one of the things that i've been really thinking about a lot is ego and i'm sure with the work that you do you deal with a lot of people who have big egos and fragile egos, right? So I've been really toying around with this question in my mind, right? Two parts, between men and women, who has a more fragile ego? And then the second part, who has a bigger ego? Now I'm gonna break down my thoughts, right? So Mm -hmm. for me, I feel that men have a more fragile ego because of the fact that, you know, we are low key, very emotional, but we don't realize that because society has groomed us not to be emotional, quote unquote, but we don't realize that we still pouring out and doing it. So, you know, the littlest thing can set us off. We are gonna talk about the Jordan, the Jada and August Alcina stuff because that's a prime example of ego for me later on. Uh, we'll get to that definitely. But also, you know, when it comes to the bigger ego also, I see that, I, I think it's really situational, but for the most part, I think that women have the bigger ego because ultimately a lot of the stuff, when it comes to advancements of relationships and all that stuff, it really depends on the woman's say. And necessarily it's not from a point of being hurt. it's just a point of observations, really because women are the one of the most giving people but once you burn a woman and she realizes her worth that ego is going to go there and it's going to protect her and all that stuff and no matter how much how big of a man's ego is it's not going to really break down that wall and we'll, we'll, t- we'll talk about how men who have fragile egos kind of react and whatnot but this is my little my thought right there but what are your thoughts on you know who has a more fragile ego and who has a bigger ego
1: i actually agree i do feel like men have more of a fragile ego you know when I really sat there and thought about it because uh, initially I would like to say like oh a woman does but no I really think that a man does you know men are just one because society has always implemented like oh you have to be this manly man right so it's yeah. just like this idea of them always wanting to be the most manly of a man so anytime that you make a man feel quote unquote less than they are easily mm. um, hurt woman, women we have been through the ringer and in, in this Honestly, it's all races, um, but especially the black women have been through the ringer, and I feel like we're yes. just a little bit tougher when it comes to standing strong. So I definitely think mm. that you know, far as the bigger ego, I, I definitely I would say a woman as well. Part of me is like men, men got the fragile and the bigger, but no. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's why I said situational.
1: Yeah, it, you know, it really, really is. It definitely is. But yeah, I, I think I'm gonna agree with you on this one. I, I, I definitely think women. I mean, men have more of a fragile ego and ego, and women have a bigger ego for sure.
0: Yeah, and two people who need a publicist and some, some ego check is Jada and August Alcina, definitely right. So prime <laughs> example of a woman having a bigger ego and a male having a more fragile ego, right? So she was killing it with that entanglement line. I'm like, yeah, yeah <laughs> that is the classic line from now on. And y'all already killed that line using it. 20 million times in one day on Twitter. Like, it was wild, right? right? But when I was I was listening to that interview she did with Will, and I really didn't hear any sense of her taking accountability for everything that she did, you know, with her especially preying on him when he was in a more fragile mental state and whatnot. So that that's how I really put the example of a bigger ego right there. But then also, the fragile ego is, you know, August has been denied all these years that, oh, him and Jada used to mess around and all stuff. Now he's talking and all that stuff which y'all 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 men gonna need to stop talking about what y'all do with women you know y'all a lot of this, it's not acceptable you know you're supposed to keep everything in private but it's more so it felt like it's similar to like guys who start disrespecting women when they get rejected after trying to get at them you know once something goes doesn't go his way that ego's damaged, so he has to go ahead and kind of make himself bigger and downplay people. So after all this stuff happened with the interview coming out, he started going at Kiki Palmer. And that was a true indicator that that's that male, that that male fragile ego in play right there. So that's the, the example I use right there. But what, what's your thoughts on the Jada in August? I've seen this stuff. You know, I'm not really a rumor-based podcast, but that is definitely like, <laughs> it's, it's a wild situation.
1: You know what? It is. I will start by saying this. What people do in their relationships and what people do in their bedrooms is absolutely none of my business. Yep. I agree with you. What people do behind closed doors should stay there. I never appreciate or condone people who speak out in the way that august did i mean you know i finally sat down and watched an interview with him and angela yee and i i was like okay he went in there with a motive she could have asked him hey august what's your favorite ice cream and he would have been like i slept with jada like he went in there with a complete motive yeah. to disclose this information you know overall i feel as if Typically, I would be like, she didn't really do anything wrong. In my opinion, I personally Mm. feel like they have a open relationship and now would have been the time for them to admit it. But again, that's none of our business. And I don't think that they want to have that conversation because let's also look at it. Like it's been speculations for years, but nobody has been able to necessarily prove it. You know, me working in the industry that I work in, I have been a little bit more privy to some information. But again, I don't really care. But I think that, you know, they look at, it like they are this iconic black Hollywood couple who for the most part has mm. this ideal family structure and we need to protect that at all costs and I agree with that Yes. so you know I don't think that they want to have that conversation and really say like oh no we're 100% an open couple or we do what we want to do but we're staying together because what's Will without Jada with Jada without Will so I have my take on it when it comes to that but where I feel as if she messed up was again I mean not again, but I agree. He met you in a really tough space in his life and anybody knows when you are dealing with mental issues that is something that you are going to deal with for the rest of your life. Mm. That is whether you heal, whatever, you learn, you you seek help so that you learn how to deal with it every day and you kind of stay away from your triggers and and, you you learn how to maintain it. But at any Mm. minute, anything can set you off and put you right back to square A or square B, whatever. So I don't like I don't want to use the word preyed on him but i don't like that she allowed herself to actually involve herself with him i'm sure yeah. he had looked at her as once this like mother-ish figure oh this woman has all the resources the money to help me they're this iconic family they let me in great mm. then it there still was the part of him that's probably like you know what this is somebody who I probably loved all my life like Jada's been bad like you know what I mean like yeah, she's yeah. been gorgeous her entire life the average guy would want to get close to her so you have this young guy who he's 27 now so four and a half five years ago you know he was 22 23 and he feels like oh shoot I have a chance to actually not only be around her but be sexually involved with her and he mm. wasn't even mature enough to even understand what was happening. On top of the fact that he was sick, so I, I felt like she took advantage of that situation, and she was not, she did not handle it properly as an adult. And I felt like, let's just mm. say, her and Will were separated he probably felt like okay like it's i have a chance with her and when she, it didn't happen he was hurt yeah. and so he decided to you know he had been teeing at it like oh this is whatever but now he's like okay this is what it is and i'm going to put her in a box where she has to admit it but mm. i don't my only my only thing that i disagree with again is her messing with him knowing the mental state if he was somebody that didn't come to her and they didn't have that mother son esque because I even hate to say that, but that mother-son yeah. relationship and she wasn't helping him, but he was just a young dude that she messed around with. Whatever. Again, that is your business. That is your relationship. And Will is fine with it. Who, are, who mm-hmm. am I to say anything else? But the fact that he was mentally unstable, I didn't think was the best option. And I'm not surprised that this has happened
0: at all yeah. but
1: watching it obviously when i watch tv it's very difficult or or anything it's very difficult because i watch it with the pr lens so you know mm-hmm. one thing about pr is when i'm when i'm preparing clients for interviews especially if it's on tv or video we practice body language we practice body language you i yeah. and it's so funny because i remember dating an ex and it was just like he just knew he couldn't lie or he just like not even before i got to know him because after you get to know somebody you know whether they're lying or not but i can look at mm-hmm. a, the average person's body body language and pretty much tell exactly what they're feeling or what they're thinking in that moment because it's just something that I've practiced yeah. for years so you know watching it there was a lot of signs down to her with her legs crossed I watch Red Table Talk all the time she always is flat-footed you know so she wanted to come as if she was a little bit more relaxed and a little bit more humbling and him them not mm. being able to really look at each other in the eye when they had the tough questions or him with his head to the side so whatever I don't want to ramble but there were so many things that stood out to me while watching this that i thought
0: was pretty interesting yeah now that body language was just crazy and the simple fact was that she put it on him he was a young boy he know how to deal with a cougar and all that stuff but it still came down to the fact that you know that boundary was crossed Mm -hmm. by jada initially but you know if y'all not ready to mess with an older lady don't 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 take it to that level fellas because yeah Mm -hmm. yeah he
1: probably was like i hit the jackpot this is somebody that I'm sure he would have never in a million years thought that he would able even be able to like be in the same room with let alone have a sexual relationship like she can turn the average dude out who's not mentally unstable
0: because <laughs> because she' on that same level as Erica Badu Nicole Murphy and all that stuff so yeah you know you gotta, you gotta be you no know, know who you're dealing with for real. yeah but for sure. uh, so we about to wrap up something that we do all the time you know it's a, it's a lot of stuff going on in this world right now and it's a lot of Karens so you know we got a segment called the Karen Chronicles. So tell us about a time that you faced a Karen in your career and how did it go?
1: I've previously worked in settings that were abusive and I've had to deal with mm. the privilege and the egos of white women who were my bosses or in leadership roles. And it didn't feel good. At the time, I don't think I, I looked at it as a Karen scenario because it was happening to all of my colleagues. It, it really didn't matter what the race was. I, I think I looked at it as like, okay, I'm just working for this person who's unhappy and they want to take that their everyday aggressions out on me. But in reality, that was some caring shit you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. had I been in had I been a black boss in that position I wouldn't have been able to carry out the things that they did I wouldn't have been you know privileged enough to do a lot of shit that had happened to me to somebody else you know as a black woman I can't even come to work with an off day like if I have an off day or I feel like I don't want to be bothered I still got to put my smile on because I don't want to be labeled as a stereotypical angry black girl you know Mm so although it was not a blatant in like racist moments, it still was me dealing with a white woman's privilege and a white woman's ego. So I have definitely encountered that. I am blessed to say, I have not encountered any Karen Chronicles uh, lately, or at least not loudly. Because you never know what people are saying behind your back. But, you know, when I walk into a room, I like to think that I got my game face on. And, you know, I show that I deserve to be in the same room with you. Whether you think so or not, I'm gonna be here and it's really nothing you can do about it. You know, I'm here just like you. I'm not here to be played with. So let's not try it. You know, so Mm. I like to give off the energy of please don't even try it. Let's not even put ourselves in this situation because I would like to think that you're not gonna win. You're not going to win. There is zero tolerance for any Karen stuff at all. So, you know, but you never know what tomorrow brings. But I will say I have dealt with it in my past. I have not dealt with it blatantly lately. And I hope that I don't have to. You know, I see these these stories and see these videos every day. And they, they make me cringe to where it's like sometimes I can't even click on them because the ignorance of people is just ridiculous. The idea that they are able to do whatever they wanna do and feel as if they are yeah. not supposed to have any sort of consequence is just it's it's beyond me. And I feel so bad for people yeah. who have to encounter these things. You know, there are sometimes I look at these videos and I'm like, whoo you have way more restraint than me because, you know, I am, I like to think that I'm very professional. I like to think that God has worked on me a long time, but at any given moment we can revert back to Amanda from Trenton. You know what I mean? Like some of these, (laughs) some of these moments are completely outrageous. Like, I'm just like, how do you yeah. stand there and how do you do some of the things, especially when they attack kids? It's just like I have such a soft spot for people, for kids and for animals, people who can't speak up for themselves, whatever. Uh-huh. But so, you know, overall, I haven't dealt with anything blatant lately. And I hope that it stays that way.
0: Got you. Got you. You know, you on a list of people that I like to I would like to see go off on somebody. Because just verbally, <laughs> I know, verbally, you, can I know you can tear somebody up. <laughs> uh,
1: so My goodness. So, you know, yeah, this, I did. this is like the
0: petty side of it, you know. <laughs>
1: You, you know, it's, it, I was talking to a friend of mine today and she was saying how, you know, we were talking about growth. And I was like, you know, to me, sometimes petty still prevails. You know, there is still a oh, time yeah. to be petty. There is still a time to be petty. There is still a yeah. time to let somebody know that you are not the one. And there are still times because, you know, the thing is like people have no boundaries. And that's a really, really big Thanks. word in my life. In every aspect of my life, in every relationship in my life, I like to create boundaries. And for people that don't have boundaries, it's it's, it's just like, it's not good. It's not good. And for people to feel like they can do things without repercussions and without, you know, any sort of backlash is like, who do you think you are? Like, you are not above me because of your skin color or because of, you know, what car you drive or which, how much you make. Like at the end of the day, Mm. we are all going to be buried six feet under. So relax. And please don't make yeah. me have to get into my petty bag because let me tell you, I still wear the bag on my shoulder. Okay, I have not tucked <laughs> it away. <laughs> I Have not tucked it away.
0: Yeah, it's just like we find a better hiding spot for it as we grow up, but we just easily pull it out. I <laughs> nah, mean, absolutely,
1: Definitely. absolutely, absolutely. I commented on, and it's funny because I rarely like. I'm not a troll on social media, but I commented on something the other day. And, well, like last week, and like people are still writing me back on it, and I like wrote this guy today and i was just like this was last year. like stop writing me and i was like oh, man that's petty this is social media you wrote he can respond but i was like you know no like no get off my page yeah. stop writing me <laughs> i don't know lo- i no longer want to talk about this topic <laughs>
0: <laughs> nah I feel you I feel you but I, I appreciate you coming on definitely go ahead and plug your stuff plug the book club plug your publicist services if y'all coming to her with the PR stuff and I mean make sure y'all come with the bag and you know give, give me give me like a little piece let me get a little piece of that
1: <laughs> I got you look I definitely do referral fees because you know it's <laughs> it's it's we all got to look out for each other but yes if you want to follow me you can find me on instagram at a underscore love the number four pr i'm i'm getting back on twitter so if you want to follow me there it's at musically underscore made you can follow my book club also on instagram it's brown and black girls read too and yeah you can feel free to reach out to me through any of those channels if you have questions about pr any sort of things definitely just keep looking out I'm looking to release the merch line for the book club I'm working with a new artist named Remy Williams who is amazing I'm excited to be working with him and Mm. roll out his new debut he's actually Summer Walker's uh, drummer but he's coming out as an artist super dope Jersey Boy like so dope so we're looking to release his first single next month so we're kind of just working away there and and getting things in order so just look out for a lot of the things that I'm doing
0: I bet but make sure I go check her out definitely but again thank you so much i appreciate you and we out